Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello and welcome to the podcast today. This is episode number 10. In the podcasting world, that's probably not a huge number, but that seemed really big to me. I've made it to 10 episodes. I'm really excited. And I love the topic that I'm going to talk about today, emotional adulthood and marriage. Most of us, even though we haven't necessarily intended this in our life, are more emotional children than we are emotional adults. So first, I want to just start out by defining what emotional childhood is versus emotional adulthood. So you are in emotional childhood when you don't take responsibility for how you feel. Like a child, you think your circumstances cause your feelings and you believe other people have all the power over your emotions. Now, this is normal for children because children don't have enough experience or insight to see how they can choose their response to things. They are purely reactive, especially for the first few years of their lives. So for example, I would set broccoli on the table at dinner time, and some of my children would literally cry. They honestly believed that the food was ruining their lives and that the food, the broccoli, was filling them with feelings of disgust and fear. They didn't know that broccoli doesn't have the power to make them feel anything. And they didn't realize that it was their thoughts about the broccoli that were making them feel all of this dread and fear. When biological adults act like emotional children, they act like my kids did with the broccoli. They genuinely believe that the outside world circumstances people are controlling their emotions. So when we act like emotional children, we blame other people for how we feel or how we react or for the results that we have in our lives. For example, when someone says, the reason I'm being so mean is because my kids aren't listening to me and it makes me so angry. Or I'm overweight because my daughter keeps baking cookies. She's sabotaging me with her baking. We love to blame and we love to put the blame on other people for why we behave how we're behaving and why we have the results in our life that we have. We love to blame because our society completely supports this idea of blame. We blame the government, the exchange rate, our parents, our bosses, our brother-in-law, our husbands, our kids, our church or our church leaders, anyone but us. Everybody else is responsible for this. I love the quote from the movie Dennis the Menace where Walter Matthau plays Mr. Wilson. And he says, a tragedy of this magnitude has to be somebody's fault. This is our go-to thought as humans. When things aren't going as we think they should, it must be somebody's fault. Emotional children also expect their circumstances and other people to make them happy. So, for example, somebody might say, this house is so small, I can't be happy here. But when we get a bigger house, then I'm going to be happy. But then you get that bigger house and you can't be happy because the gas bill comes in, it's so high. Or there's too many bathrooms to clean or whatever. You always find a reason why your circumstance isn't making you happy. So the size of your house doesn't make you unhappy or happy. It's just a circumstance, but it's what you think about the house that's going to create that happiness. 
emotional children believe that those circumstances, just like the broccoli, is creating how they feel. When you are an emotional child, you often feel like a victim to others and helpless to change your life. So I see this so often in people's marriages. I'll coach women that feel like nothing can change for them because their husband refuses to change. If he won't change, I can't be happy. He's too demanding or stubborn or lazy. And so until he changes, I can't be happy. Adults who are stuck in emotional childhood, as many of us are, because this is my work too, they also believe that they're responsible for how other people feel. And therefore, they're always trying to control other people's emotions. So a people pleaser is somebody who is an emotional child because you're trying to make other people feel good. You're trying to make them feel good about you. And even if you are trying to make them feel good about you, the belief that you're in control of someone else's emotions is immature. It's not a fully grown up, developed way to think. And it just proves that you most likely then think that other people are in control of your emotions as well and need to be responsible for your emotional well-being. Now, I want you to be kind to yourself as I explain this, because again, like so many things, nobody taught us how to be emotional adults. There is no mandatory class that at 18 says you have to come take this class because now you have to be an emotional adult. Many of our parents and their parents were emotional children. And I don't mean that derogatory to them. They just didn't know better. I didn't know any better until I was about 40. Most of the adults who influence my life believe that their emotions were in the hands of other people. And our parents unknowingly helped us stay in emotional childhood. And we do the same thing with our children. Like think about how many times you've told your children to change their behavior so they won't hurt someone else's feelings. Or have you ever asked your child, did that hurt your feelings? Did what that teacher say hurt your feelings? Now again, it makes sense for children to feel hurt by outside influences. They don't have the cognitive maturity to understand their ability to choose how they want to feel. But as adults, we kind of perpetuate this lie that other people's actions determine how we get to feel and perpetuate a lie that we have control of how other people feel. No one actually has the power to hurt your feelings. Now, you may choose to feel sad by someone's actions, and that's okay, but just know that you're choosing it. The other person can't reach inside your body and grab your feelings and hurt them. Now, I don't want you to take this to mean that because you don't have the power to hurt someone else's feelings, you shouldn't care about other people's feelings or how you act. I'm not telling you to throw away all your integrity and behave like a depraved human. We want to be kind, but we want to be kind because it's just the person we want to be not because we're trying to control how someone else feels. We want to act in a way that will make it easier for someone to feel good, but we have to acknowledge that we cannot control that. And if you feel hurt, you want to have the courage to be honest with yourself that the reason you feel hurt is because of what you're thinking, not because of what someone else did. It's not the right thing to decide to never feel hurt, but it is the right thing to own your feelings. So as I've gone through and described the different ways that we behave when we're being emotional children, can you see how difficult a marriage can be when you have two emotional children in it, which most of us do, especially in the beginning, which is okay. We're usually young when we get married and most of us haven't done marriage before. But I want you to start looking at yourself because it's really tempting as you listen to this podcast to say, my husband totally does that. He is such an emotional baby. And he might be, you may be right. But again, you aren't going to have the power to change that. 
you can only work on your own maturing. So think about your marriage. Where are you not taking responsibility for your own emotions and behavior? When do you find yourself blaming your husband for things, anything? Think about it. Is it really his fault and his fault alone? Do you often feel like a victim in your marriage or helpless to change things for the better? Do you spend a lot of your energy trying to make your husband happy and expecting him to do the same for you? I want you to come back to these questions later. Write them down. Answer them honestly. If you're someone who believes in spirituality, while you're writing this and thinking about it, really be open to hearing what God or your higher power is trying to reveal to you about the areas in your marriage that you could grow up in, that you could mature in, and be willing to receive the correction because it will change your marriage in a really powerful way. Now, as I've said before, I have a few areas of my marriage where I would feel resentment creep in. It felt like it was happening to me, kind of like it was out of my control. It was just his behavior was causing me to feel resentment. But as I embraced the idea of emotional maturity and emotional adulthood and took a really good look at myself, I really came to see that I was the reason I felt resentment. I was blaming him. I was expecting him to change so that I could be happy but it wasn't really his fault. I got all caught up in this idea that his behavior controlled my emotions and I'd made myself a victim to him. But in reality, I was a victim to the thoughts I refused to own and change. So if you don't want to be an emotional child anymore, how do you become an emotional adult? And what even is emotional adulthood? So I would say like perfect emotional adulthood is taking full responsibility all the time for everything you feel, no matter what someone else does or doesn't do. It's deciding on purpose what you want to think and feel in any given circumstance. About nine years ago, we bought an acreage and we love it, but we have had several unexpected, very high cost problems that we just could not foresee here. So for a few years, it felt like one thing after another was failing or breaking down. And this is not an old house. So it was really discouraging for us when we would have to do like a $30,000 fix on our acreage. And I actually started to resent my house and my land because I was such an emotional child about it. But over time, I decided to change my mind about my house. I thought, you know what? Houses are like people. They are imperfect. They get sick. They have bad days. And I've really been expecting my house to make me feel good. But my house doesn't have that power. But I do by what I want to choose to think about my house. Now, I think there's outsiders who look at us and think, we hate your house. We feel so sorry for you. But I just love it now. It provides us shelter. It's a place that we get to gather with the people we love. And it's got just enough of the trials that force good growth for us. I love, again, that quote from President Nelson, the joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. That is emotional adulthood. When you are really in emotional adulthood, you will feel empowered and in control of your own feelings and actions and outcomes because you're going to choose deliberately what you want to think and feel. And you're going to understand that your own thoughts create your feelings, not the actions of others. Emotional childhood is really hard on intimacy. When we are emotional children in our sexual relationship, we get caught up on the idea that If he or she would change, I could have the sexual relationship I really want. I'd finally feel desired. I could feel like our sexual relationship was right, whatever that means. Or 
if he wasn't so demanding, I would want to have more sex with him, or he has all the power in this relationship, or she has all the power. And they really do have all the power of the other person because we give it to them. So emotional adults focus on what they can control themselves. They take complete ownership for their feelings. They own that the only reason they think there is something wrong with their sexual relationship is because that's what they think, not because it's actually broken. And they look at what they can do, what power they really have to create the sexual relationship they want without feeling the need to manipulate their spouse to get it. They understand that their spouse doesn't have to change for them to feel differently. My house didn't have to change so that I could love it. A few years ago, our well failed. We no longer had water, but I still love our house because it's not the job of my well or my house to make me feel good. Which brings me to another characteristic of an emotional adult. They don't expect other people to make them feel happy or secure, and they allow other people to feel whatever they want without trying to change or manipulate them. One of the biggest killers of sexual desire in a marriage is when a wife feels like she has to make her husband happy with sex. When she feels like she has to control his emotions with sex or vice versa, a man who feels that way. We are being emotional children when we expect our sexual relationship to make us happy or to buoy up our self-esteem. And we perpetuate the problem when we think it is our job to show up in our intimate relationship to prop up our spouse and their sense of self. That makes sex more about caretaking than erotic desire. And even though caretaking is a loving way to be, it is not an aphrodisiac. It kills desire. A really distinct characteristic of an emotional adult is their willingness to own their mistakes rather than blaming others for them. Emotional adults take responsibility for their happiness and their unhappiness. If my feelings are hurt, that's on me. When something goes wrong in our life, we naturally look for the cause, but we rarely look in the mirror to find it. So when my instincts kick in and I find myself blaming my husband for something, I catch myself now and I always ask myself this question, but what if it's all my fault? Now, I don't mean this in a really heavy way. It's all my fault. I'm the worst. Like this Eeyore. I don't think it's actually healthy to take responsibility for things that genuinely are not my fault. But the question causes me to pause and to ask a little more like, what part did I play in this? What am I choosing not to see about myself because it's easier just to blame him? What could I do now to change things? Whose fault is it really if I feel offended or angry? You see, when we blame, we don't have to take any responsibility. But we also then make ourselves the victim. We actually create victimhood when we blame somebody else. And if we really are the victim, then we have no choice and no control. And to me, that feels worse than owning what I can and taking back the control to make out of the situation what I want. If you don't like the question, what if it's all my fault, if that feels too heavy and blaming for you? Maybe something like, how could part of this be my fault too? Or what part of this could I have controlled? Or what part of this was my responsibility? I do want to caution you. As you transition to emotional adulthood, be sure you don't go from blaming others to blaming yourself. Take responsibility. It's different. But be kind to yourself in the process because these questions, even though they can be uncomfortable, are really empowering. So don't use them as a beating stick. They're meant to free you from the feeling like you are a victim. Suddenly, you'll have the power to change how you feel and your emotions will no longer be in the hands of anyone else. 
By the way, it seems we often hand our emotions over to the least capable person we know. It seems to be that the person who is incapable of managing their own emotions often has our emotions in their hands as well. And most of us haven't figured out really how to take care of ourselves emotionally. So I'm not sure why we think someone else is going to do a a better job at it. And I don't know why we think we can reliably take care of the emotional needs of someone else when we aren't great at doing it for ourselves yet. So being an emotional adult gets us back to focusing on ourselves and what we can control and take care of and taking that responsibility for our own emotions. Being an emotional adult and taking that responsibility for how you feel and not taking responsibility for how others feel doesn't mean that you're going to become a cold-hearted person. As you become more of an emotional adult, you will become less reactive, less controlling, and you're actually going to look for less outside validation. You are going to become a kinder person. You won't be acting in a way that tries to control others so you can feel good. So you can say, I get to act like I want and I'm responsible for my feelings and my actions, and the same goes for you. Because emotional adults take responsibility for their behavior, they apologize more. So instead of saying, because you acted that way, I acted this way, so it's your fault this happened, they say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have acted that way. I've seen such a shift in myself as I've become more of an emotional adult, which I honestly have such a long ways to go, but I am definitely getting more mature than I was. But my ability to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong about that, I should have done that differently, has skyrocketed. And even though in the moment it feels uncomfortably humbling, I feel so much better about myself. My confidence in myself has grown because I'm acting more in line with the person I know I want to be in the world. As you embrace emotional adulthood and the years of practice that it may take, because we're not going for perfection here, just progress. The other people around you are going to notice and they may actually be really uncomfortable with it. For example, in your marriage, if you have been in a pattern where you try to always make your husband happy, when you stop doing that, he's going to notice. Now, again, it's not because you're going to set out to make him miserable, but you may stop saying yes to all the things you've always said yes to. And you might start taking your own desires more into consideration when you make a decision. This won't feel good to him and that's okay. You can love him and still be the best wife without trying to control how he feels about you and about your marriage and about himself. Now, he will probably unknowingly strive to restore balance by putting pressure on you to manage his emotions again. Just do your best to hold strong. By becoming more of an emotional adult, you are actually putting a positive pressure on your marriage that will push your entire marriage to a higher, more emotionally mature place. So you may not do it perfectly, but your daily efforts to be more emotionally mature, even when your husband's uncomfortable with it, will pay off in your marriage. I see it all the time with my clients. In fact, I had three clients within weeks of each other tell me how, as they had taken more responsibility for their own feelings, their husbands had changed. And they all asked, did you know this would happen? And I admitted that I had hoped it would, but I didn't know for sure. But by being more emotionally mature, they had actually raised the overall health of their marriage. So again, as you learn this concept, don't turn on yourself now. Don't take the blame you're placing on others and now turn it on yourself in a way that creates self-loathing or is unkind. You didn't know any better, but now you do. So try to approach this new way of thinking as the best news you've ever heard. Like, oh, I didn't realize how much power I actually had over my emotions. I didn't know that my thoughts were creating my feelings. 
I thought other people were in charge. I am so glad I know different now. I have so much more power than I could have imagined. Just be really positive about it and don't beat yourself up. If you want to know where you are being an emotional child, look at the areas of your life where you are blaming others for how you feel or act, where you feel like you're a victim, or look at the relationships where you feel like you're trying to be in control. If you look at these areas honestly, it will give you a good place to begin your emotional growing up process. Now, because I am so passionate about marriage and I want everybody to have their happily ever after, I want to challenge you to first look at your marriage and how you can start to step into a more emotionally mature way of being. If you're not married, pick another relationship where you see yourself being immature. Understanding this concept is life-changing and relationship-changing, not just your relationship with someone else, but your relationship with yourself as well. You've got this. Do it. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelandstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamelandstephancoaching.com.